The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time for the Low Fact Podcast. Well, hello, everybody in Low Fact Land. Where do you think people are? I don't know. But this is the Low Fact Podcast. And just in case you were wondering, we are powered by alcohol and tobacco. All we need to find are some firearms and explosives, and we can have a party. What about some hot bitches? You know, you're kind of you're kind of missing the whole point of the analogy. What's up? It used to be the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh huh. Now it's the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. So we've got the alcohol and tobacco. We can find if we can find the firearms and explosives, which I guess could be the bitches, as so as you so eloquently put it. Then everything could be, we could have a party. Uh, you know, I'm not good at this thinking stuff. You don't seem to be good at a lot of things, my friend. Dude, you're supposed to be my friend. You're supposed to say positive things to make me feel good. I am your friend. I'm just not a fair weather one. Uh-huh. You want a fair weather friend, go find a woman. Really? That's right. That's, yeah. Is that what you, how you feel about women? Dave. No wonder you don't have a girlfriend or a wife. I probably don't have one because God hasn't issued me one yet. Hang on. I'm just putting my second fine on uh, airport mode. Look, man, if there are some truth to jokes, then why is it that the old joke is men, men socialize by saying incredibly mean things to each other that they don't mean, while women socialize by saying incredibly nice things to each other that they don't mean? I don't know. And again, this one, this one I got from a buddy's wife. Cause, uh, she seemed to be under the impression that a certain type of guy would always cover for his buddy. Okay. And there was like that old joke that went, um, you know, a woman went calling around to find out where her husband was. Mm -hmm. And she called like 10 of her, 10 of her, 10 of his good friends. Um, Seven of them said that they ju- that he just left, and three of them swore that he is with them right now. <laughs> oh, shit! But that's funny. Anyway, we spent uh, we spent all the last time talking about stuff that I believe in and such. And oh no, I figured I'd give you a chance to wax loquaciously about the stuff you believe Dude, in. I've been thinking about it all week and I, and I realized that my, my, I don't have like a consistent philosophy on things. So what does that matter? It means that I'm kind of like in different camps philosophically on things like you're a wishy-washy new age type of guy. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm lost, but I Did I say lost? I said you're a wishy-washy new age type of guy and you just totally ignored me. You're calling me lost. You totally ignored what I said and you're like, I'm not really lost. I feel a little lost, but 
It's because I'm always searching and I haven't found the answer. You know? The maybe answer. It's, maybe it's because your whole point is that you like the searching. I definitely believe in a creator and in, in God. But I have difficulty. I always have difficulty with the whole idea that everything is already like laid out. Right? That things are... Why should that be an issue? You know, predestined. Right, but why is that? Why should that be an issue? Because that means I that I have ultimately I have no control over things. No, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. So you're okay, okay. I get it now. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. I was well when I said why is that an issue. You answered the question without knowing, or if you did know. Like, you know, so what difference does it make that you don't? Well, it sort of is like, like for me, I was always really big on the hero's journey. Okay, Gilgamesh. The whole, you know, Star Wars, you know, the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, all this idea of like going on this amazing journey and like being forged through tribulations and then at the end it's everything works out good right well, that's kind of funny I, I i mentioned perhaps the first hero's journey that was ever recorded that we know of gilgamesh and you're like bee, bee, bee. i don't know the story of gilgamesh well you saw star wars yeah but what happens in, in the gilgamesh story i think that's the funny thing nobody knows that nobody's nobody's found a complete text i don't think well what is the story of gilgamesh though he's a demigod from from uh, the, the the babylonian time Okay. Does he get forged through some bad stuff happening? I never read it. Well, shit. <laughs> then why did you say Gilgamesh? Well, I, could, I took this really bomb-ass bomb class in college called... Uh, bomb as in good? Yeah, yeah, like Oriental Philosophies or something. That it was sounds too, cool. It was, to, it was to, to fill out a prerequisite. And I always looked for the prereq classes that were really kind of weird. Like I took Roman Republic... And because of all my high school AP credits, I got credit for like Western Civ One, Western Civ Two, without having to do them. Yeah, wow, you are a smart cookie. No, what the fuck happened. No. Ah, uh, so yeah, so that's I'm having. You know, I've read some philosophy. I've obviously read a little bit of theology. Is that obvious? I don't think it's obvious. I've, <laughs> I've practiced. I practiced Buddhism kind of for about a decade. Didn't you have like a Kung Fu thing too for a while? No. Oh, you weren't one of those white guys? No. <laughs> I did Hapkido, um, which isn't really useful because they kind of teach you how to do stuff with a sword. You can use an umbrella. That's true. Um, but I was never really, I was never any good at the martial arts. Not very coordinated. Not very coordinated. And then I would get, I would get like worked up. And then I and then uh, well, that's 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 the good thing, right? Because in highly stressful situations, all fine motor skills go to waste. So, but I would get worked up when I was sparring, and then I would get you know, get your butt handed to you by an angry person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my butt handed to me by somebody who was like, "You need to calm down." And mm -hmm. I'd be like, "Ow, that hurts! Ow, that hurts! I'm not coming back here." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do. You do kind of get worked up when you're when you're, uh, when you're sparring. So, um, but yeah, so it. You'd think that I would easily be able to talk about my philosophy, but 
I've been thinking about it all week, and I I don't really have one. Maybe you're just trying to keep it secretive. Keep us guessing. No, I don't think so. All right, then. Maybe not. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just because I can't sound intelligent talking about it. Well, who's, who's, who says you have to sound intelligent? People listening? Well, they all know you're not. That's not true. <laughs> but yeah, it's the it's the idea that we're not in control that I have struggled with, right? Like, so I have this like hybrid philosophy of like, think some things within God's will, but then we also have our own. We can also exer- exercise our own will. I think that's a to lot. To make of, things happen, you I know. I think that's a lot of people's philosophies. In fact, kind of isn't the whole thing about modern Christian well Christianity in general is the whole point that uh, God has the power to make us do whatever he wants but he just doesn't you know it's it's a free will type of thing come come to the right side I give you I give you the intelligence the choice you do the choosing I want you to make the right choice and this is me speaking as the Almighty mm-hmm. God wants you to make the right choice but he's not going to make you do it so I started listening to your um, your book that you recommended, People of the Lie. It's a good book. So I'm just I'm just sort of starting out. So I've, I've just heard the first story about George. Oh, the guy, the guy who, that made the pact he, with the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of psycho psychology stuff in it that just kind of didn't didn't. Well, it's just it's just not my bag. I mean, I've um, I don't look down or disparage people that are into it and I'm sure it's helped an awful lot of people mm-hmm. but you would think that for a guy who likes to talk as much as I do that I would be all into it mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm, I'm not really it's funny because I, I have a co-worker that I and she's she's quite religious and uh, I was like oh you should check out this book and she was like uh, it's not the good book though she was like it's not the bible right and I'm like no and she's like oh she, she, she was like, I have no interest in it. Which book were you talking about? I was talking about People of the Lie, and in the sense that it's a psychology text, but it also talks about evil. Well, it's, and it's, she was it's like, got a, well, it's, it's got a, it, it, it has a lot of Christian leanings in, in it. But it's not just Christian, right? No, it is. It's, he's a, he's a, he, he claims to be a Christian psychologist. Okay. Psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, um, and there were, I mean, because there are a lot of good books about, about that there's actually a, a, a book about exorcism that he suggested in 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 people who lie really um but that's not his stuff wasn't wasn't as much my bag as as i would have thought i mean it was an interesting book and i like to read it so I'd what, was, what was it. what was his conclusion about evil oh that it exists and it needs to be studied studied yeah it needs to be studied in a scientific way that we don't well, I guess in the 80s, at the, at the at the point when that book was written, he didn't think that, that psychology or psychiatry even touched on it. But my thing with psychiatry and psychology is basically it seems like your big breakthrough is, is to come out and say, oh, it's my parents' fault. <laughs> then you're cured. Like like if you blame your parents for everything, you're, you're, you're cured. And I'm like, oh, okay. You bl- If you blame your parents. Well, that's, that's my little take on stuff, right? I mean... I think blaming your parents is not very productive. Well, if they did stuff to mess you up, then 
Yeah, but like, how does blaming them help? Well, it's your whole point about seeing the problem, right? Well, but that's but but that's not enough, though. Well, not to me, but it's like it's like if you do therapy and you don't, but you don't really kind of focus on your problems, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to end up kind of going around and around in therapy with other people. But you've never done the therapy thing, so. Uh, no, I never. Um, I just didn't think it would be helpful for me. I think there's a therapy <clears throat> can definitely be very helpful um, to work through stuff. But I think a lot of people, the therapist isn't necessarily encouraging you to move on because they want you to keep coming. Well, that's one, that's one potential pitfall, but <clears throat> maybe that's a, a little bit of a cynical view, but I'm like, well, as long as you keep coming, then you're still paying for therapy. So, and that, that is, that is just fine to have that cynical view in my opinion, but it seems to me that a lot of people get involved in therapy so that they can keep doing therapy, um, to, because we try to, we try to do things in a social way, Right. Why is it that one of the worst things that, that we can do to you as a society for doing something wrong would be to put you out or put you in a place by yourself? Because we're social creatures, that's social what, animals. That's what they say. And I believe it. I mean, I like to socialize. You wouldn't think so to, to see how big my social circle is. But, but you, when you were younger, you had more of a social circle, right? I mean, everybody does. Well, it's easier to have a social circle if you are involved with a lot of people, and the society, society, <clears throat> the society that I that we grew up in, um, and even even more so now, really really tends to encourage not being social by design. I don't know if it's by design, but that's the effect. Churches are 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 drying up with memberships. And that was happening before coronavirus. Sure. Now it's worse. But, you know, like, I, like I've told you before, uh, when we were much younger, uh, think, about, think about what a person in our profession, what life would have been like for us, you know, a hundred years ago. Well, we wouldn't have had our profession. Yeah, sure we would have. Well, podcasting, no, and podcasting is not a profession, but our day jobs, you know, being being professionals, it would be, you know, we'd probably be active members, we'd be members of a church or, you know, the Ball Lounge or the Alumni Association <laughs> or whatever. And, the you know, lounge, <clears throat> uh, and, and, you know, we would we would meet lots of people. Or we would work in, I don't know, a foundry or whatever, but there would be lots of people. Yeah. And we'd be able to kind of, you know, divide off after work hours with people that we, we like to hang out with. And if you work in a job like the police, uh, military, uh, government, any, any, any job where there's a lot of teachers, you know, whatever, where you, you go and you work with lots of people, you know, you'd have, you'd have like a few people that you would socialize with after work a lot. This is true. Um, 
in the early, late 20th, early 21st century didn't really have that. And a lot of it had, well, for me, a lot of it had to do with uh, not growing up in the city that I was working in. Yeah. But in one of my cities, I was, I was working in, a, in the same city that I went to school. And, you know, if I had stayed there, I would still have, like, my small circle of friends mm-hmm. from, from school. Yep. And, you know, possibly from work. And to uh, to continue in professional success, you know, I would have probably married some girl from some local girl from the town, and you know, kind that of could have been good. Sure, it just wasn't that that city was just wasn't for me. I thought at the time, and I still think. I mean, even even living in the city that we that we live in now, and me having much fewer connections. Social connections. Yeah. Um, you know, the weather can't be beat, even if the politics can. Ugh. But... It's like, talk about downhill, bro. But that's... That that was everywhere. I mean, when I was growing up in the country... <laughs> okay, calling Nashville the country is probably not, not right, but Nashville's basically a left-leaning town because it's filled with musicians and performers... Of various sorts. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You went from Nashville to LA. I'm like, it's like, you well, I went from you're Na- not a left leaning guy. I went from Nashville to St. Louis to, <sighs> to, to LA. Yeah. I went from Nashville to St. Louis to Cincinnati to St. Louis to LA. Damn. And you, weren't you in Chicago for a while? Yeah. Well? Yeah. I was in Chicago for a little bit. I, I feel Chicago is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. But, you know, those those places, while I enjoyed that kind of weather, my uh, my decrepit body did not. <laughs> See, I I had that in Auckland. You know, friends, work connections, family connections, all that stuff. Yeah, Mister Kiwi Kennedy. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then I obviously went to Wellington and did the Lord of the Rings thing. Is that obvious? I don't know. You know that I did it. You like to use the word obvious a lot. I just, it just, <laughs> it's fun to poke fun at you for using it. Uh, I just remember a friend of mine wrote an article. He used to, he used to write articles for the, for the law firm I was at. He was kind of like, he fancied himself as a bit of a writer. Yeah. Um, and he wrote an article called, um, sea levels. The beginning of it was like sea levels rise as Cooper heads south. <laughs> and it was all about how there was the, the locals were worried about curry chicken shortages and, they were hoping to lure me out beyond territorial waters and uh, and harpoon me and turn me into a reef for recreational divers. And I got a call from HR and they were like, uh, so have you seen this article that Nick wrote? And I'm like, yeah. And they were like, is it okay if we print this? I was like, yeah, yeah, print it. It's good. But I, but I guess they figured that um, they should ask me first before they did it. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm not a left-leaning guy, but I'm also not a right-leaning guy. So, you know, I've got... I've got a lot of places that I am and everyone can, everyone tries to pigeonhole me in whatever the way they want. So, you know, I'm like, that's cool, but I don't think that's it. So how the hell do you start a, well, I know you don't really like the idea. 
you hate when I use this expression social movement or whatever because you're always like well if, it, if it's going to happen it'll happen but in this world that we live in today where we live in these cities where everybody's kind of removed from each other how do you even I mean can you start can you start a community within a city I mean well, sure all is there a community within a city there are communities within communities yeah I think I think one of the one of the things that that we've gotten away from whether or not people believe it like the masses there are definitely there are definitely elites that want to try and steer the masses towards one 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 direction or another and I think that one of the things that we have to kind of acknowledge and you know I know I probably sound more Catholic than I am by saying this, but we need to, we need to kind of accept certain natural laws, if you will. Okay. And I don't like using the word law for a lot of things because... No, but natural law is a perfect expression to use, though. It is, because natural laws cannot be broken, whereas legal laws can be broken all the time. Right. Um, you know, things that we create as a society, our laws, our legal system, you know, the, the laws within that system can be broken all the time. And to me, if it's a law, it can't be broken. But so, also, I would say that, like, legal laws wouldn't have even come about if it wasn't for natural law. Well, there are there are there are philosophies that that stem from natural law. But the the difficulty like is Roman law. Well, the difficulty is that any any judicial system that we come up with cannot compete with actual natural law because natural laws cannot be broken. But I th- but it isn't the difficulty that people don't really live in fear of God anymore? I mean, so they they're like, huh, that like if you said, well, there's there's these natural laws, and if you if you break them, then you can't break gonna... them. That's the point. Well, you can. No, you can't break a natural law. You could like I would say murder is breaking a natural law. That's 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 not a law then. <clears throat> so what would be an example of a natural law then? It takes one egg and one sperm to create a life. Okay. No matter what how you dress it up, no matter what you say, no matter how you say that you can you can start taking hormones or, or whatever, you know, change the exterior look or whatever you, no matter what you do. You cannot change the fact that in order to create life within our species, you need one egg and one sperm. Mm -hmm. And for our species, for that to occur, you need one male and one female. Well, it's the same with all mammals. Well, pretty much the same with a lot of animals. Yeah. Not just mammals. I mean, reptiles. Reptiles. Amphibians. Yep. Insects. (laughs) Yep. You know, not all insects reproduce asexually. I don't know of any. Actually, I can't think of any right now. I'm sure there are, but, you know, fish. Dolphins are the ones that always got me. I'm like, damn, man. Why? They're mammals? What do you mean? Just the fact that they can do it. They do it underwater. Well, they can hold their breath for a long time. So no, but they've got all sort. They've got all <laughs> sorts of uh, you know. There's all sorts of um, adaptations that have gone on in order for them to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, but but still, you still need one egg <laughs> and one sperm, and the females have all the eggs and the males have all the sperm. So you know, 
that's 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 a natural law to create life within our species. You need that. I'm always amazed that I was the the sperm that got through. Well, that's that's. I'm like, how how did that happen? That that is actually because I'm insult. pretty laid back, right? I mean, that is an insult that gets used a lot for a lot of people, right? You know, out of out of six hundred thousand or out of a million swimmers, moving, out of a billion swimmers, this is the one that got through. Hmm. <sighs> but and that you know, <clears throat> acknowledging, not even acknowledging, realizing that fundamental truth <clears throat> does not mean that you know. You're anti-gay or anti-trans or anti-woman or anti-this. I'm pretty sure there's some trans activists that would beg to differ. Well, all these people would sit there and and label me raging conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is funny. Maybe even white supremacist. That's funny, too. Um, (laughs) Especially if people could see the video. Raging raging conservative, (laughs) you know, Bible thumping. Not a Bible thumper. Whatever, right? But... All that, all those ad hominem attacks still does not change the fact that to create life, you need part, you need components from a female and a male. And, you know, does, you know, of course we're going to screw up stuff. You know, now, now there's a big push about, you know, pushing forth certain agendas, certain, you know, whatever, and saying, well, it's been, it's been so bad for this past time that, you know, these folks have, have had the power or whatever, and they've abused it and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can point to that shows me that the people of your ilk will not abuse power. Everybody abuses power. I think I think that is one of the difficulties in life, you know, having power. Once you have power, will you invariably abuse it? My answer, your answer seems to be, yeah, probably. Yeah. If if for if if for the only reason being that we haven't seen anybody not do it. Yeah, there's like one there's like five examples in history, right? Well, there's the, the, the quintessential Western Western Civ example, you know, from the Romans. Yep. In modern times, there have been dictators who did great things for their countries. They were authoritarians. They were, not- they were dictators. They did some pretty bad stuff. But at the same time, they... They didn't take anything. Well, the one, the one guy I'm thinking of is... Uh, uh, Park Jung Hee from from Korea, and if it weren't for him, South Korea wouldn't exist the way it exists. And when he died, apparently there were bricks in the commodes of the presidential palace to conserve water. Uh, you know, he 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 took he didn't he didn't take anything. I mean, he was a true he was a patriot and a half. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> a lot of people died yeah, in his government. Yeah, on the wrong side of the guy, right? Right. I mean, he was he was he was he was a raging anti-communist, and you know, there were there were lots of student. There was there was a student massacre in the eighties. Yeah, but and and he was assassinated by one of his buddies, but he didn't he didn't steal anything, you know. He didn't take advantage of his position to enrich himself monetarily. 
to the point where after his death and his kids had to leave the presidential palace, they had no money. They had zero money. They had nothing. The government actually bought them a house. That's crazy. And, you know, if it's kind of unheard of, really, if his daughter were a little bit more like him in certain ways, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have gotten ousted. She's still in jail, right? I think she might have been released. Yeah, one one wouldn't think that they could keep her in jail. But, you know, uh, another example is like Augusto Pinochet. From Chile, I think. That sounds right. But, you know, tons of tons of people died. You know, tons of political opponents and potential political opponents, any 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 threat or perceived threat to his to his rule, you know, got uh, got eliminated. But didn't Pinochet take a whole lot of money? Or am I thinking of I don't know if he different? I don't know if he did or he didn't, but he definitely did help his country a lot. Now, that's cold comfort if you are the relative or the or one of the people that he disappeared or his government disappeared. Yeah. So, you know, you're always going to find it, find bad things about stuff. And it seems that, you know, the whole, the whole, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. You don't really care if you're, if those eggs have no meaning to you. Yeah. To go back to the egg, (laughs) to an egg statement. So, but you were saying, well, I guess natural law is very much a, well, to me, it's a Catholic well, I mean, the, a, the, the Catholics harp on it a lot, but yep. you know this. This is my Aquinas own. Aquinas talked about the natural law a lot. Isn't he Catholic? Yes. So you kind of you kind of bolstering your argument with like <laughs> very much so. Um, but you know, I'm not, and and that one statement, I'm not saying you know because of that there can't be someone who is trans. Maybe there is, but the stuff that we do now to kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's helping, but the stuff that, that is being done, yeah, as treatment for people that are that are supposed to be trans, doesn't change anything. You can't change a person's DNA. No, but they are they are they are trying to. They're essentially saying you have to say the emperor has no clothes, or we're going to like you know make your life a living hell, and saying that's the solution. So. The idea that a solution is not not solving, not coming up with an actual solution, but to say. So to use an analogy, because I'm having a very hard time articulating this. So it's like saying we're going to end hunger in this country. And instead of creating more food or finding ways to be more efficient or getting 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 food distributed, you know, to where their people aren't hungry. It's like you're saying, okay, there is no longer hunger. Admit it. Say it, believe it, and now it is true. Right. Well, that kind of sounds like a communist, though. It, it can be. I don't know why. You know, I don't know why the communists have. And and okay, so you know, I I will admit I'm I'm pretty anti-communist for a lot of reasons. But as a philosophy, I can't even say it's a decent one. I don't think it's a decent it philosophy. Isn't, it isn't a decent philosophy. I mean, I I, <clears throat> I, th- I think we talked I, I read, um, you know, what is it? The Karl Marx, the manifest, the communist manifesto, mm-hmm. finally. 
a few years ago and I was like, I don't get it. Cause it like, it just, it, it didn't make sense. It was like, you know, let's get rid of families. The state owns everything, you know, get rid of religion. I was just like, it just didn't compute to me. Well, there wouldn't be a state. You know, at the end point is just, you know, some kind of weird utopia that, that I, I don't even, I don't even know. Like practically, I don't even know how that, how that happens. But, but yet, you know, it's been very, I mean, it's still being pushed on everybody. So it's to that extent, it's successful, right? I mean, there's still plenty of communist regimes and they're pushing their philosophies on, you know, they're essentially trying to destroy other civilizations with, with their philosophy. But yeah, but that's not, I don't think that that's, that's, that's the, the philosophy. The end goal is not to change all that. The end goal is, I believe, the proponents of the people that push this <clears throat> is to have power. And that's really kind of, that's really kind of the end goal of a lot of places and people. What was the, what was the big, the big gripe about the church, the Catholic church, especially around the Reformation? You know, you corrupt, you corrupt. MFers are just trying to get power. And that's, that's the counter argument to like, you know, to organize religion. Oh, it's all about getting power. Well, okay. But if you want to replace an organized religion with something else like government or some other bureaucracy, it's not like you get rid of the lust for power. So speaking of the church, I am, am like, I've been well, getting church. The Catholic Church. Okay. So I've been going. I've been going to some. I've been going back to church. Mm -hmm. And what you, one of the big things in church is there's a certain point in the mass where you offer one another sign of peace, and it was always the two fingers. No, it was a handshake. Oh, okay. You would shake hands, and that was that was the sign, right? You would always shake hands, and now in this age of coronavirus, now it's this weird thing where everyone does this little dance where they kind of go. Peace. Right? Why can't they just kind of do the pound, do the dash, <sighs> touch the so, fist bump? So I'm like in mass this this week, and there's this old couple behind me, and I went to like shake this guy's hand, and this guy's like he did exactly that. He did the peace sign, <laughs> and I think I might have like made a noise like ugh, because I was just like, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to have faith, right? Like me shaking your hands. Coronavirus ain't going to get you through me shaking your hands. Maybe, maybe not, but you're really talking about overcoming fear, which is a whole nother thing. But everybody's fearful, you know, and I'm like... That's not going away. And I'm like, yeah, people need to fucking like just nip that on the butt. Easy to say. Yeah, but it's like of all places that you would think that you wouldn't be experiencing that would be in a church. Well, I don't know if you think that everybody in church is faithful, maybe, but church is really a social. But I, I, I guess I expect people to be faithful because well, I'm, yeah, like, well, I'm like, I'm not hope. scared. That's the hope. The, the hope is that if you're in that social situation, the faith will grow. Right. It's like the old, it's like a joke that I remember hearing about, uh, yeah, there was, there was this, there was this big old, there was a big old six, six on six fist fight and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> But no, it's and that's 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 kind of that's kind of one of the one of the the ideas that will happen if you get enough people in a place. Mass psychology will take hold 
and you're hoping that some faith will grow. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that was why I got mad because I was just like I got literally got mad. In well, I'm church, sure you, I'm sure you did, right? And then I prayed and I was like, please let me not be mad. And I wasn't mad by the time I left, but I was I oh, was yeah. mad, I was mad at all these scared people that were around me. Like in the service, I was, I was just, like, just because you're not scared of the same thing they are, though. That's. But the other thing that that I hated, that I hate right now, and this is one of the reasons why I think the churches are empty, is here in LA, you got to wear a fucking mask, and like, so so you're sitting there singing in a mask, which is weird to begin with. You know how hard it is to sing in a mask. Yeah, but I wouldn't sing. If you were wearing a mask, you wouldn't sing. No. Or you just. Well, I like to sing, so. Okay. But but just the whole thing, I'm just like I'm like this is killing it. Like if 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 the church services weren't already dead through through numbers, like now it's like it's on life support now, you know, and it's because of this. It's because of this thing. I don't think it's solely because of that thing, but well, it's not helping. Sure, but that just goes to show how many people are actually probably faithful. Because well, most even, people aren't even there, Dave. Even They're not even, even going to the church service. Even hundreds of years ago, when just about everybody belonged to a church, and <clears> the people that belong to churches now are people in the Islamic world that all go to to, to prayer five times a day or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I I personally think that the, the that the number the they actual, probably have more faith though the actual percentage of faithful is probably somewhere in the single digits. Because I, I, I was listening to, because I listened to Catholic radio and um, they were talking about Islam converts to Christianity, to Catholicism. And they were like, yeah, the converts, way more faithful. But that's true of any convert. Way more faithful. But that's true of any convert. Is it? Yeah. It's not because they're coming from Islam, where it's like based in, like there's more rules and law in Islam, right? Yeah, it's a it's a very legalistic religion, and and for that for that reason, it's actually probably pretty pretty easy because it's, <laughs> it's you know it's religion by numbers. Do this, this, and this, and you're good, right? And in, in Christianity, to some extent, to a lot of churches, it's it's kind of the same way. Do this, this, and this, and you're good. Well, it but was, they try to bribe you. It was that, right? It was that, but it's changed. No, they still try. What do you mean it's changed? I mean now it's like more. It's it's like like for example the Catholic Mass. It's more focused on. It, it, it's like they've it's it's like more progressive, right? Like they they well, do probably they the do a whole right lot of there. things, and I'm like, this is like a Protestant thing. I'm like, why are we doing this Protestant thing right now? Well, and this this is a good a good endpoint. Remember remember <clears throat> my big beef when I turned super anti military. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember what started it? I don't remember what started it, but I remember... Uniforms. Okay. It was the uniforms? Okay. It was the uniform change. In, in like, the early, the early 2000s, the Marine Corps decided they were going to change the camis. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they got rid of those camis. Those, they were so the, cool. The, the old woodland camis that everyone had to wear, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. They decided to change those camis. Marines are like, oh, we're going to change some camis. going to be badass. And uh, instead of going to the badass tiger stripes, which they could have gone to, they went to a camo pattern that is used by the Canadian military. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's not the point. It was when that happened, the army was like, oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, wait a second now. 
we can't be outdone by those bastards in the Marines. We need to come up with our candies. And, and this, this a lot of money was spent, right? And then the Air Force said, hey, now, we don't have any need for camis, but we're going to we're gonna get some camis, too. And we'll put our guys in camis that make our, make our sailors invisible when they fall in the water. Well, that's the Navy. And the Navy was like, oh, wait a second now. Wait a second now. Y'all going to be changing camis? Well, then, shit. We got to change some camis. And so they spent $10 billion. Of do- $10 billion. 10 B? B? 10 B. What? Doing uniform changes, like Navy Navy Class A uniforms are looking like Marine Marine Service Alphas. Uh, Freaking, there was like some kind of weird, uh, weird Air Force dress uniform proposed change to make them look more like Marine dress blues or blue dress bravos. Um, and just, just that whole thing, right? They spent all that money to change the camis and then to, to the, to the digital pixelated camis. Uh huh. And then what happened? The, the fricking Chinese changed their, you know, everybody changed their uniforms. Like, what the hell is going on? And then when the coronavirus started popping up, you know what happened? No. The first place that did something, everybody else just followed. And I'm just sitting there going, does this mean that people actually, there is no such thing as leadership? And I'm going, maybe. What about the Swedes? What about the Swedes? They're the only ones that didn't do what everybody else did. Oh, in terms of the coronavirus yeah. response? Yeah, they're the only ones. Yeah, so, you know, without without having any kind of of uh, commentary on the rightness or wrongness of whatever response, I think it's funny that the 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 approved response among the elites and all the governments is, hey, let's do this thing that these other people over there did. And I'm just I'm just sitting there going, that's that's the real problem. The real problem is that the the overwhelming urge among people is to do something that something that someone else did on the assumption that they probably kind of figured it out. So we should follow them because they did all the figuring, you know, which is why, which is why I can't, you know, I can't really get pissed off at people that cheat because it's a, as a, as a, as a life adaptation, it's actually pretty smart. Do you think it's because everybody who's in power is old? I think it's because everyone is in power is a follower. I think it's because that there are lies that we tell to justify a lot of things. You make lots of money. Well, that must be because I'm smart, diligent, and and pick the right things. Just like just like you being scared to death of not being in control, right? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people are. People are also scared to death that they got stuff that good stuff that they didn't deserve. Because somehow in your mind that means if I didn't deserve it, that means me getting it had nothing to do with what I did. So it can be taken away like that. But as life has shown many people, it don't matter whether you believe you deserve something or not. Everything you got can disappear like that. You know, almost like a bout of food poisoning, which I think is what I had uh, just before Christmas. I was feeling just fine. (laughs) And then like that, I was feeling like shit. I know. For like 12 hours. And you missed out on pot roast. I did. 
I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything. I was just. I. I I'm like, you must be feeling sick if you don't want to come eat pot roast. <clears throat> but that's the. That's the. I don't know if that's a point, but that that's the that's the thing that that uh, I think is that was thing. the thing that 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 turned you over into the military. The, the that was it. The camis. It really pissed me off. I thought it was. It was like well, when people say the whole "thank you for your service," like. I thought you got sick of all the all the, um, the grandstanding. Well, I'm sure a lot of vets you don't know, feel great about hearing that, and it's it's know. a way it's a way to, to show appreciation in a real easy way. But do you think is, most vets are like like in the back of their minds are like you don't give a shit about vets? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, I guess Dude, that's the unofficial slogan of the VA. What's that? At the VA, nothing's too good. Nothing is too good for our veterans, and at the VA, nothing is exactly is, is exactly what they get. <laughs> but yeah, my whole my whole beef, and it's not really anti institution; it's anti people in the institution. I mean, you you're supposed to to fight and win wars, which we haven't done in the last eighty years. This country, I don't know about other countries. There is talk about new ones coming up in the horizon and you know if it's one of those i hope well, we, i hope it's not a, a super nuclear war that that takes out everybody <clears throat> because you know warfare fighting tends to thin out the ranks pretty quick so if you get into a really super hot war then yeah a lot of uh a lot of fat's going to get cut and it's easy to say that in a in an, in an, in an antiseptic kind of way. But if you're out there where the metal meets the meat and you're one of the fat, then, you know, you're not, you're not liking the idea that you're getting cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, fat's always going to stay and I'm kind of getting off my point, but yeah, the whole, the whole thing that really pissed me off was that it was, it was these government bureaucrats spending other people's money <laughs> for other people, for other people to get shit. Unnecessarily. Well, it's, that's always unnecessary. The worst, the worst thing you can do in an economic sense is to take s- someone else's money to provide goods and services to a nut, to yet another third party. That is super inefficient, a la Milton Friedman. And that's kind of the whole government model, right? Cause when you're taking, when you're taking someone else's money to give to yet another third person, something, right? The library, whatever. You don't care how much money you're spending, you know, taking from, from this one group. And you don't care about the quality of the goods that you're giving to this other third group. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm against anything that, that kind of goes there, right? If you're going to take someone else's money to provide gifts or to provide something for me, then you can take that other people's money and just give me that money and let me decide how to spend it. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Or, or you can like leave everybody alone, <laughs> create an atmosphere or have an atmosphere where everyone can work as hard or as little as they want and get by with, with the, with what they get. Yeah. But that in and of itself is also a practical impossibility because of the way we're structured. You mean people? Yeah. 
this whole, this whole idea of level playing field and all that junk, I can, you know, like I've been telling you, that would, that would really basically demolish family and friendship. So our social order would just be gone if it was all about pure performance. Right? I mean, what would you do? What would you do if you had a kid that wasn't performing? And you just go after the kid. In that, in that, in that situation, in a situation where it's all about performance. Well, then that kid would be thrown to the wolves. Yeah. And, and even the societies that did that, like the Spartans, you know, at birth, you got inspected. And if you were lacking, you were thrown over a cliff. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that to the quote unquote royal family. Right. So you had like these, <laughs> these people, these lame people or people with birth defects being kings in Sparta where everyone else had to be like, you know, undergoing some rigorous selection process. Gerard Butler. Okay. That's a comic book. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But you know, so I don't know where we're ending, but yeah, that was, I know, man, I was just all over, but I'm still mad. And, and you will be until you decide not to be, really, as that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel a bit mad, bad about being mad in church. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why you want to feel bad about, about feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. Yeah, it's just the whole thing. I mean, there are things, you know. The whole setup, like, I was just like, this isn't wrong. This is wrong. Well, maybe get a bunch of people that think like you and change it. But that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Why? Because we're set up to follow, like uh, like my, my uniform example and my coronavirus response example. For some, I guess if things got really bad. For some reason, it's just a lot easier just to do what, what other people are doing. Yeah, but what if what everyone's doing is wrong? Then you're wrong. But and then, you're going to have to deal with those consequences. Yeah, things are going to be fucked up like they are right now. I don't think that they're any more fucked up than they, than they have been. I think they're more fucked up. Well, you, you would think that because you like to think that whatever's going on is the most whatever. Like every election is the most important election of our times. Like every bad decision is the worst decision that someone's ever made. Joe Biden is the worst president in history. Hey, I didn't vote for him. I don't care. Have you noticed how quiet it is, by the way? The, the silence is deafening from all the people that were like wanting, saying, let's get rid of Trump. Joe Biden is going to be it. And now it's like, well, no, it's crickets, still, dude. It's fucking crickets. No, it's not. They're still they're still blaming Trump, <laughs> which makes me laugh. I'm like, okay, you can't really, you can't really live your life based on somebody else, dude. I got called up by the Gallup poll people. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I think by the end, the the Gallup poll guy was just like, Ugh. were you were you because <laughs> I was like. I was like, strongly disapprove, strongly disapprove, strongly disapprove, you know, because they were asking about Biden's performance and whatnot. And and they were like, what do you, you know, did, you know, do you have positive feelings about the president? I'm like, no. And <laughs> that's just by the end of the call, the guy was like, thank you very much for your time. Well, you, you might not be included in the poll then. I don't know. I think I th- the, the polls, they, they were talking about the polls and saying that it was like extraordinarily bad for him. Well, um. You know, look, people people need to wake up. Yes, people need to do stuff. Yes, will they? I don't know. They haven't done it in the last millennia or so. I don't know what what makes anyone think it's going to change now. And really, the millennia? At least, 
Isn't that a little bit extreme, Dave? No, because we've been around, societies have been around for tens of thousands of years, and I'm just talking about the last thousand. Nah, whatever. Um, you know. But, you know, I, I, I am curious about one thing. Okay. And you're, um, you're, 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 I'm losing vocabulary just by the second. It's really sad. Well, we, we are like 50 minutes in. Your, your intense dislike for being quote unquote wrong or incorrect. Uh, what is that? <laughs> I don't, I mean, is the, is the, is the standard psychological answer to that the right one? Yeah. If it's what you're thinking. It's what? about, it's about basing your identity on your choices. Well, it's, I, I think it's just cause I'm like an extreme narcissist. Okay. Well, okay. No, no. I, what I was thinking. I mean, I think it's because I have like narcissistic tendencies, like big time. Okay. So then, then again, you are really basing your existence on. I don't like to be. On the results of your choices. Like your choices, your choices are not you and you are not your choices. You can make both good and bad choices and still not be either a good or bad person. Okay. Right, just because just because you make choices that turn out to be positive does not all of a sudden elevate your 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 personhood in the eyes of someone else. Maybe it doesn't. Well, in your it eyes. does in my eyes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Definitely. So, I mean, I I I mean, it's something that I'm aware of. Because a lot of people are like that, right? People get really pissed off about being. But it's just funny that wrong. Should, it's funny that you should come back to parents because I feel like I'm the product of two very narcissistic parents in different, very different ways, but both quite narcissistic personalities. So I, I think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. So I have narcissistic tendencies. I do. So is that, I, I don't like to be questioned. Is that a narcissistic tendency? Not you, you believing that you are placing value on yourself through your choices. Like if someone thinks that you're wrong, you get all defensive and angry about that. Cause that's, that's most people doesn't make everybody an extreme narcissist, right? Um, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of narcissists running around. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of people that are narcissists and there's a lot, and there's a lot of people with, with narcissistic, uh, tendencies. I guess you can call it that, but that symptoms or whatever, that, that just doesn't make you a narcissist. Like nobody, nobody wants to be wrong. Oh, but I know I am though. Okay. Well, you know, but like I said, nobody wants to be wrong, but it seems to bother more people than others. Yeah. I don't like being... I'm, I'm not one of these people that it's, that, that, I mean, that's, that is actually a problem. Like it, it's, I kind of like, I kind of, um, what's the word? I kind of brush over it and I kind of am, am able to kind of overcome it a little bit by virtue of the fact that I think that people like me and I kind of get on with people. So maybe they cut me a little bit of a break, but it, I really don't like being told that I'm not performing or that I'm not doing well or that I'm, that I'm, that I'm wrong. I have like a, a very negative reaction to that. So you would rather be told you're doing well than actually be doing well is, is my next question. You don't have to answer that. I'm not gonna, You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I, I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it might incriminate it, it, it doesn't me. even, you don't even have to, you don't even have to make light of it because if someone, <laughs> if someone tells me I'm not performing, Mm -hmm. according to up to standards or expectations. Yeah. 
my statement is, or my, my go-to point is, okay, what is it that I need to do to be performing to that level in your opinion? Right. See, I think, and if I think most if it's people, a, if it's a work or well, work or school or whatever, right. I'm thinking of the work context, right. In any context, if someone thinks that I'm not performing up to standards, uh-huh. I, I ask, I'm like, what is it that I need to do? And if the answer is you need to do better, my answer is go fuck a cactus. <laughs> a cactus? Yes. Um, but if the answer is, well, you know, you're you're not performing well in these areas, you need to beef up this, you know, because, you, know, you know, even, yeah, I, I, I will be disappointed and I might be a little defensive, yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm just like, it, you know, me, my... My performance yeah. is not me. That's it's. I understand, and I, I basically operate on the thing that those two things are divorced. But see, I think I think the reality about performance reviews within organizations, and particularly large organizations, is it's all about being liked. Yes, is, is that the performance review process is is quite a lot of bullshit. Yeah, because, yeah. and oh, I, I think you. if you sat there and said, "Well, what do you mean? Can you be more specific? Yeah, give me some examples." Da, da, da. Probably your manager would be like, "What the fuck?" I've had that happen a couple of times. Right, like, I've had like, that happen a couple like, of times. I'm just you know, I don't have to like sit there and lay it out for you. This is like the this is the process. So you know, well, no, like it or lump it, no, right? No, no, no. I've, I've I've had it was like you're not you're not you're not doing well in these areas. Or you're not performing in this area. I'm like, okay, what is it that I need to do? Yeah, and a couple of times, the answer was, "Well, you just need to do better." And my response is, "Well, you need to learn how to fuck a cactus then." <laughs> Because that's not helpful. <laughs> now, right? Um, <clears throat> and and you know that that kind of that kind of made them very uncomfortable. Like, well, you just it was like, no, 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 look, I'm willing. I am ready, willing, and able. <laughs> unlike many people, to be able to step up, step down, step sideways in my game to perform the way you want me to perform. Now, are you saying that my work product is no good? And then they, the answer would be, well, no, your work product uh, is actually very good, but you're, well, no, I, I remember one person was like, well, you don't really seem to be really good at doing stuff you don't know how to do. And I was like, did you just hear yourself? You're like, that's literally all you guys give me is stuff that no one else knows how to do. Well, no. And, and oddly enough, I've become very good at that, but. That, that statement in us, I was like, I was like, did you, did you just hear yourself? You did just you told, say that? Yeah. I was like, you just told me that I'm not any good at stuff that I don't know how to do. <laughs> do you know how to fly a plane? <laughs> no. Well, no, actually, the, the, the one person said, yes, I do. I was like, okay. Do you know how to steer a, do you know how to uh, command a, a nuclear vessel? <laughs> like, well, no. So if I threw you in one tomorrow, you'd be able to do it a lot better than me is what you think. Was that the end of the performance review? It was pretty much the end of my stay at that job. Oh, yeah. But I, I think just coming back to the whole narcissist thing, I think the reason that I think the reason that most people really dislike performance reviews beyond the fact that it's like a time suck and most people like kind of this is bullshit is probably because most people don't they don't like someone sitting there and saying you're not doing you're not doing good stuff good. Oh, I'm fine with them. Yeah, I'm just. I would fine say with like. Them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a number out of my ass and say 80%, at least 80% of people don't like performance review because they don't want someone to sit there and say, this is where you're fucking up. I actually want someone to tell me where I'm fucking up so I can not fuck up. 
Yeah. But if it's all about kind of assigning blame, then that's not a performance review. That's bullshit. And I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to mess with you. Which is probably not the smartest thing to do as an underling. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> I mean, I think I must be very difficult if you have a, if you have a performance review where you have like a essentially a manager that's like entrenched that's incompetent. Like which, I, which happens I, I, a lot. I would think that which that would be just like an awful process because, you know, basically that person is not wanting you to really move on, move up. So, if, if you're doing stuff to make them look good, potentially not. I mean, I've had, I've had, a, I've been in a review situation where something was like that was happening and I was actually sabotaged quite a little bit, but not, not so dramatically as like them, them them screwing with me. Right. But them just, them not helping me out. Them knowing that I was going to do something really wrong. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah, them knowing that I was going to do something wrong and not saying anything. Yep. So that basically, it's still my fault. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't see something. See, that, that's the worst, dude. Like, like I, I, like, I think there's, that's, to me, like, I'm like, that's right up there with, like, despicable things to do. Oh, sure. Like, you know, just basically, oh, this guy, yeah, I feel a little bit insecure about this guy. And I don't, you know, I don't really want him making me, you know, I, I feel threatened by this guy. So I'm going to let him fuck up. That's some fucked up shit. It was fine with me. I mean, it was like, I don't know. I, I think that's awful. Well, it was, it was good that it happened when I was, was young and not carish enough. Like if I, if I had, if I needed that job. Right. If I had a family to support and that I needed to make that living. Oh, I've, I've, I've had a couple of managers like that in the last couple of years. You know, you know, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be getting on my knees and, you know, getting ready to proverbially give, give someone some mental fellatio to, to, to keep my job. But uh, see, I, I'll be on the other direction. I'll be, I, I, I'm like, I, I'm like on the fucking offensive against that person. Well, that's a, that's a different that's a different thing. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. We can probably talk about that later, but that's, that's enough boring tidbits of yeah it's life little, lessons little, here. We're a little long today. Sorry. It's probably cause I'm a couple of beers in. Well, we're, we are powered by alcohol and tobacco. Yep. And, uh, if we can, if we can find the, the, was it guns and explosives? The non, the non-literal, right? The non literal guns and explosives, right? Non, right. We're we're powered by 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 alcohol, tobacco, tobacco, alcohol, and tobacco. We need to find we need to find our firearms and explosives to round ourselves out into a good solid team. Sweet.